to the Practical Family Podcast with Jennifer Bryant, encouraging your family to build strong foundations and healthy homes. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Practical Family Podcast. I'm Jen Bryant, and you're listening to episode 57, Real Moms Get Honest About Anger. This is part one of a two-part series where I am interviewing Amber, Leah, and Wendy Speak, authors of the book Triggers and Parenting Scripts. If you've ever struggled with anger with your kids, and I am raising my hand right now, this episode is for you. Amber and Wendy talk about the internal and external triggers that get to us as mothers, that cause us to react to our kids in ways that are not helpful, are not healthy, potentially destructive, and they help us to see what better responses to choose when we're being led by the Spirit of God. Now, there are all kinds of books on how to change your child's behavior overnight, But the focus here today has more to do with what is in our hearts, what causes us to react, what triggers are deep down inside when things feel out of control, when we feel like we don't have enough control over our kids, when we're overstressed, overtired, overworked, overcommitted. Any and all of these things can lead to us not dealing with our kids in the most loving, respectful, godly way that we can. And I don't know about you, but I do not want my kids to remember a mommy like that when they're grown up. So I am committed, if you can be committed today, to listening to both parts of this episode series. I know we can do this, mamas. I know that we can come to better decisions about how we react to our kids. Before we get started, here's a little bit about these two wonderful women. Amber Leah is a work-at-home mom of four little boys under the age of 10. She is the co-author of Triggers and the Study Buddy Bible Study Guide series. She and her husband, Guy, own Storehouse Media Group, a faith and family-friendly TV and film production company in Los Angeles, California. When she's not building sandcastles with her boys on the beach or searching for Nerf darts all over the house, you can find Amber writing to encourage families on her website called motherofnights.com. Wendy Speak is a trained actress and heartfelt Bible teacher. She tells stories both on page and stage that allow her to point women to Jesus on their hardest mothering days. Wendy lives in Southern California with her husband, Matt, and their three ready little boys, where she writes about faith and family at wendyspeak.com. If you haven't noticed already, folks, these women have seven boys between them. I can only imagine the frustration for mamas that come from raising little boys, not only all boys. I know that I have trouble with my one son because he's so different than I am, right? And you may feel like that too. If you don't feel like you relate to your kids or it, they're just so different that all you can do is is yell at them to get them to mind, or maybe they're not hearing you the first time, so you need to get louder. We've all been there, and I really hope this episode encourages you today in your parenting journey, because we all need that encouragement. And to know that other mamas struggle with the same thing, removing the stigma from 
anger, yelling, maybe too much discipline. We're going to talk about all of that today. And uh, you're also going to hear one of my confessions, really specific confessions about something that happened just last week in my home. So here we go. Episode 57, Real Moms Get Honest About Anger, Part 1. We've got Amber, Leah, and Wendy Speak here with us today on the Practical Family Podcast. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This is fun. Yeah, we're glad we're here. Thanks, Jennifer. Well, I've been following what has been happening with the two books that you both have put out in the last year. So they've been out for more than a year, right? Or more than two years? Um, well, Triggers has been out for a year, uh, sorry, three years, and Parenting Scripts has been out for what, a year and one a half? One year, yeah. Yeah, about a year, mm-hmm. a little over a year. Mm-hmm. And I love how one sort of leans into the other. Now, let's first start talking about Triggers. This is the book that's about our reactions as parents to our children. Where did this idea start, or even just to start writing down, you know, what happens in your home, and, and what was that process like for you? Well, I was a recovering angry mom, and Wendy's a recovering angry mom, too. We both are. We fully admit that up front, but we were both writers for a contributing website, and we ended up uh, starting a Facebook group for moms who struggle with anger and yelling. It grew very rapidly, and as as in there by myself for a little over a year or so, and then I just needed help because there was so much need in that group, which was actually very comforting to me because I realized I wasn't the only person who had struggled with anger. And I thought I was the only one, but lo and behold, I wasn't. So all of these moms joined this group and it was just a huge blessing. There was a a lot of good stuff going on in there. And then Wendy joined in, in the group, co-laboring together, the two of us ever since. And it's been a huge blessing. And so really just on a daily basis, the triggers, the things that cause us to explode and be angry are things that we were working through very just organically with our group in that Facebook private group for a long time. And eventually we decided to do a series on very specific triggers. We, we were addressing those things all along, but we thought let's just put this in a more succinct way as a series and people can come in and hopefully be blessed by what we're sharing. And so the Holy Spirit just really pressed on us that this should be a book and we should do it soon. And so we did, we knuckled down and uh, we put the book together and put it out there. And I I had previously tried to publish a book on anger traditionally. And at the time, you know, a lot of publishers weren't sure that people would buy a book about anger because it had this stigma to it. And and that Mm -hmm. was part of the beauty for Wendy and I, as we were trying to destigmatize it and say, you know, look, it's in confession where we find freedom and healing and forgiveness. So we're going to confess these things and we're going to band together as a group of sisters (laughs) and tackle this thing. And so we realized that there really wasn't a a need for this book. So put it out there and God has been blessing it ever since. Yeah. So in that group one day, Amber and I just asked, what are your triggers? And we didn't define what a trigger was. Everybody knew, right? It's when they can't get their shoes on and get in the car. And when there's sibling rivalry and when your husband's traveling or you're momming alone all the time, um, or maybe he's home and he's on the couch and he's not hands-on. And so they were just listing hundreds of responses in the first 45 minutes. And the next day, Amber got on in that group and she said, I'm taking the very first comment 
and I'm just going to deal with that trigger. But I'm not going to teach you how to get your kid to obey you so you don't have to be angry. Instead, this whole series is about what's going on with us and what does God's word have to do with us when we're triggered in this circumstance. And I really think that that's why it was it resonated so deeply is because it's about us. So the series and therefore the book is really split in half. There are half of the things are things that our kids do that cause us to explode inappropriately. And then half of the things are just about us. Uh, depression, exhaustion, uh, being overwhelmed, having no margin in our lives, uh, momming alone. Um, not having healthy relationships with any in-laws. So we took those one at a time and we worked our way through. And um, man, it's been a transformative journey for us. Even though we were well on our way out of it, um, we go back and encourage each other. (laughs) We talk every day and I'll call her and say, oh my word, I'm struggling here. I did not know when he was five what this was going to look like at 15 and what that would mean to the way I respond. And so we're constantly working through our triggers together still. One of the lines that we use in triggers is figure out what you mean to say before you say something mean. Mm -hmm. And over and over again in these chapters, Amber and I say, well, Amber says specifically, we need to change our mind about what a trigger is. A trigger is actually an opportunity to parent. Your child is saying, hey, mom, I need you to parent me. I'm screwing up here. I'm being annoying. I keep doing this. I keep interrupting you. I keep hitting my kid and brother in the face. And what it is, rather than a trigger to be angry, is an invitation to parent. But if we don't prepare to parent better, then we're going to just default to the same angry reactions that are unproductive for them and for ourselves. And so over and over again, we say, not in the heat of the passion of your moment, in your triggered moment, but when you're not triggered, it's time to start considering better responses. And that's what birthed the second book, Parenting Scripts, is again, we look at specific scenarios and say, what would a better response be? Based on what God is doing in us, not because, again, we're trying to get our kids to be perfect so we don't have to be angry, but you know, is it possible they will actually behave better when we behave better and we will lead them into a more mature behavior when we are more mature because the tendency is they act mature. And so we join them in the immaturity rather than the other way around. Mm, That's powerful right there because what I hear a lot of moms expressing is something that sounds like well, they're doing this to me. My kid is testing me. And so then it becomes a power struggle and I need to respond to them. But I have to ask them and ask myself when I find myself in that position or that train of thought, I have to say, okay, my kid is not actually trying to test me. They're being kids. They have little to no filter. I actually need to be the one to help them with that filter. So what do you say to a mom who's like, I don't know what to do because my kid is constantly fighting back and I don't know how to get them under control. What do you say to a mom who finds herself in that position? Sure, sure. I'll I'll start with that and then pass it back to Amber. Amber knows that I often tell people, you're not a victim, you're a mom. And that's been a powerful statement for me to speak into my own life because it's very common to get to the end of the day and feel like you've been victimized, you know, as though their two-year-old behavior is something they're doing to you. It's actually their job at two to say no, 
And it's their job at two to run away. And it's their job at two to push boundaries. It's they're doing their job. They're trying to find, hey, what happens in life if I go my own way? Hey, what happens if I push against my mom's boundaries? And so if it's their job to push against you, it's your job to lovingly respond to that and say, I, again, I'm the mom for the job. This is my job. You're not doing it to me. But it takes, you know, speaking of parenting scripts, not only do we need to have the words to say to them, but if we want to stay in a healthy place mentally, we need to have scripts that we're speaking to our own hearts. And so you're not a victim. You're a mom is one of those internal scripts I speak to myself. How do you do it, Amber? What are some of the things that you've learned when you have that victim tendency? Yeah, well, I think it's, it's super important to just have that shift in thinking that we're not victims, we're moms, and that triggers our opportunities, like Wendy said. And Jennifer, when you ask, you know, that parent that's saying, well, how do I control my kid? I, I don't know. The parenting thing is not going well. Um, for me, one of my favorite verses in my own journey, away from angry reactions and toward more gentle biblical responses. So really the key is your kid's they will probably change. They, they will. But our focus is really about ourselves first. So our kids change because we change. That's ultimately what we have experienced. And Proverbs 15, 18 says, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, yeah. but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. So if you're the parent that has contention and strife and difficulties with your kids, the first thing to remember is that you can either put the gloves on and fight back and yell and we can t make mountains out of molehills and we can join in the fight and we can make it worse or, you know, with our hot temperedness to take over or we can do even other things that are just as unhealthy. We can ignore our kids or we can turn really cold toward them or you know, there's lots of things that are really unbiblical and, and not helpful and not reaching our children's hearts ultimately. Or we can look at whatever situation is with our kid and we can say, it's me being slow to my own anger that's going to quiet this contention. And so what I do is I say, first of all, whatever your trigger or your issue is, whether it's disobedience or whining or complaining or talking back or sibling rivalry or your kid won't eat their food, you know, whatever your issue is, a lot of us get overwhelmed because maybe there's five things that you're facing right now in your home with your child. I know that with four different kids in my home, I've got multiple things I'm dealing with at different ages and stages all the time. So it's going to take this childhood for me to train my children and it's always going to be changing. So instead of getting overwhelmed or angry, frustrated, let's just take one thing at a time. You know, if think about what's your biggest trigger. Is it the whining or is it the outright disobedience? Whatever it is, take that one thing and ask yourself, you know, what would a great coach do? I talk in triggers about putting on a coaching mentality. So yes, I'm the authority, but the authoritarian and then which sometimes leads to these harsh punishments and angry reactions is not working. So what else could I do differently? And so prayerfully say, God, this is my big issue. My big issue with my kid is that they disobey and they're, they're just slow to respond to what I'm asking them to do. Okay. So that's your issue. Pray, be prayerful. Ask the Lord to inspire you with creative ideas and ways to uh, tackle that. But a great coach, when they get their athlete or their musician or 
um, their student in front of them, they don't like yell at them and berate them, expect them to perform like an Olympian at like the first practice, right? And it's called a practice for a reason. And yet with, we know to do that with athletes and musicians and other disciplines, but we don't really apply that mentality to our parenting, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. So, you know, as a former teacher, I started to think more in that line of thinking with my own children. And so I would take that one issue and I would, first of all, communicate to them at an age-appropriate way what my expectation is. If they're two and they have a problem with hitting, I'm gently taking their hand and I'm saying, we don't hit. We, we gently pet like this, our cat. We gen and I show them and I model and I teach them and I coach them and I set up a practice. If it's my teenager and he's always, you know, dumping his dirty laundry on the floor instead of in the hamper, then maybe I need to come up with some other creative ways to show him and remind him how to do that, you know, or motivate him. But you can get creative, think about your own kid, what's their unique age and stage, and what's something that you can practically do to communicate, practice, practice, practice. And then there comes a point when there's an expectation for them to perform, right? Like this is the real deal now. So if these things aren't happening, then here now are some of the consequences. And I don't have to get angry and fight over them because you know that if you're not putting your laundry away, then your clothes becomes mine and you're going to have to use all your allowance to buy new clothes. Bummer. Gosh, I hope that doesn't happen, honey. I hope you learned to put your laundry in the basket like we've discussed and practiced and agreed on for the last three weeks. <laughs> so you, you don't have to get into the struggle. You've just got to get creative. You've got to get um, consistent and you've got to get intentional and you've got to cheer them on and tell them you believe in them, that you know they're going to do the right thing. <laughs> I love this coach mentality. And, and one of the terms that, that Amber used is training. And so training doesn't happen by accident. It's very, very intentional. And one of the most you know, famous, I guess, uh, Bible verses about parenting is train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. But those, those words should go have been really, really heavy on my heart this last year because I noticed that our tendency as parents can be to berate them, to shame them for the way they are going rather than continuing to train them, to point them, to encourage them in the way they should go. And Amber also keeps using this term creatively. You know, you need to get creative. So again... Figure out what you mean to say before you say something mean. You need to find a moment void of conflict to come up with a better response. And I remember going to sleep one night crying, and I know that I'm not the only mom who's done this, feeling like, oh, I blew it again. And my husband reached over. He's like, just go to sleep. God's mercies are new tomorrow. And I turned on my husband, and I said, yes, they're new tomorrow, but I'm just going to pick them up, and I'm going to do the same thing I did today because that's what I was doing. And I had to get to the point where I said, no more, no more. So two things. One, God's word promises if we abide in him and his word abides in us, he's going to change us to look more like him. And Amber tells the story of um, the first thing that she did when she said no more was she got into God's word and she just found one scripture about a character trait that she needed to change in her own life before she started dealing with character traits in her children. So she got in the word. So God's word says, abide in me, I'll abide in you, and I'm going to change you. You're going to bear the fruit of my character in your life. And so that's the first thing. But the second thing that we need to do is in the meantime, as we're developing this character, 
as God's doing the work on our inside, we need to actually meet him in the work on the outside. So as you're saying, God, give me patience, give me gentleness, give me kindness. This is what your word says. Then you say, if that's true, and I'm trusting God for it on the inside, what is a gentle response? What is a patient response? What's a kind response when my kid's dumping his clothes on top of and next to the hamper rather than, you can see we're moving into the teenage years here in our lives, so that's a big one for us. But what am I gonna say when my kid keeps screaming to get out of his high chair? What am I going to do when they keep getting out of bed at night? What am I going to, and you start preparing, because this is something I'd really love uh, listeners to hear. If you're convicted that you're being unkind, Amber and I just really want to encourage you to stop. You need to make a plan and you need to stop that behavior. Even if you aren't sure yet what the right behavior is, don't do the same wrong thing. Make a choice. And it's okay, you guys. It's okay if you choose another wrong thing. Like make another mistake, but don't make the same mistake. And try, of course, to not make a mistake if you can. But you know, if, you're, if you say, I'm going to try this, and you're like, yeah, that didn't work. That's okay. At least you didn't do the same unkind thing you did yesterday. So pick up those new mercies and let them encourage you to be merciful with them, to be gracious, to be patient, to be kind. And God will continue to do a new thing in you. He promises it. With me, all this is possible too, he says. Amen. Amen. And that is the one of the most important messages I think we'll hear today. And what we talk a lot about in Practical Family, what you're saying about intentionality and having a plan. You know, we, we speak to a lot of mothers, especially homeschooling mothers, who love to plan <laughs> their day out. Yeah. And love to plan out, you know, well, if my kid does this, then I'll just do this and it'll work. And it's a very formulaic and that's how we like to think about things. It's not realistic all the time. I mean, planning for things that we just can't control when we need to be giving ourselves up to the Lord is, is very important. I actually, I, I thought about whether or not to confess this, but since we're talking about confession, just <laughs> yesterday, just yesterday, I was tested in this area of anger. And then God kept reminding me, you're going to do this podcast tomorrow. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> This yeah, that's nice. pretty much what we feel all the time. Yeah, Lord. <laughs> I remember Amber and I went on a, we, we were speaking at a retreat together and she's got a kid and I've got a kid and we, you know, it could be our middle kids um, that they were like <laughs> running ahead and being loud and we're like, we're talking about not getting angry. We cannot blow it right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so I totally yeah. get it right before you're going to talk about it, man. The devil loves it. If he can get us all mixed up and feeling like frauds, man, oh, we yeah. all need Jesus continually. He's, he doesn't say, Hey, pray about your anger once. It's a once and done thing. I'm going to change you and it's done. No, he says pray mm-hmm. continually. And so if this is the area where you need to be in continual dialogue with the Holy spirit who is transforming you on the inside, then that's what you need to be in continual dialogue with him about. Yes. Yes. So you made it through yesterday and we I made wanna, it here today. I, 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 I want to know what the details are, Jennifer. Okay. So <laughs> ready? Are you ready for this? So overwhelmed, overplanned, overscheduled Jen takes her kids ice skating on the way there. We pick up McDonald's, not going to lie because it's quick and it's easy. So I trust my nine-year-old son to have orange juice in the back seat. I just, 
let it happen. We get there and half of his orange juice is gone and he says, I didn't drink this. He says this out loud, I didn't drink all this. It must have spilled in the seat. And my, overtaking my entire body is just, is literally rage, ladies. I can't, I can't. Like the spills that didn't need to happen. It was unnecessary. What is the matter with you? All of these berating things are going through my mind. And I literally said to the kids, you guys need to start praying because mommy's gonna hurt somebody <laughs> and, and I, I have let my anger get the best of me especially when they were younger and I have hurt, I've hurt them I've spanked them more or harder than I wanted to and oh the, the, the regret the talk about being at the lowest possible point what is the matter with me you know and then all of these things kind of overcome me so this time, knowing me and them seeing me react in this way, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to think their mom's bipolar. What is wrong with me? They're going to have to comfort me. And so Asher is then like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's touching me and he's like, I go, son, you're just making more work for me. <laughs> I just, that's all I could, I, it's all I could say. I'm like, and, and, but it's, it's just a barrage of things going through my mind at the yeah. time. And I could not have come out of that without God's help. Yeah. And, and we I, know that it's actually not about the orange juice because when not. you brought this up, you mm -hmm. said, what was your introduction? You said, I'm overtaxed. I'm overcommitted, no margin, whatever. Yeah. And then you told the story. And so yeah. that's why we say, okay, you think your trigger is all the messes. I, I just don't have the time for this is really what's at the base of that. Mm -hmm. And so when we get to that place, it's like your kid can ask for, you know, a tuck in. And it feels like he's doing something wrong. They can spill some orange juice. And really what it is, is some spilled orange juice. But what it feels like is that it's the straw that breaks the mom's back. Yeah. And when we give ourselves margin, you know, the mistake might not have even been McDonald's in the back seat. The mistake might have been going out that afternoon for you. Mm -hmm. You didn't have the emotional reservoir. Mm -hmm. to have, handle childishness. And so learning how to put more and more margin in our lives allows us to um, deal with some of that stress. What do you think, Amber? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you, you touched on something that's really critically important to me and, and on my heart for moms who struggle with anger. And when we have those moments that we're especially ashamed of, I think this is why for so long, you know, a lot of us have been in the closet about these issues because we, we didn't want people to know that we struggled with this. We, we didn't want people to think we're bad moms. And there's a lot of fear there and embarrassment and shame. And I really want your listeners to hear this, that Satan absolutely wants us to feel guilt and condemnation and for that to cripple us and for us to listen to the lies that an, an enemy will tell us. And Jesus, on the other hand, his goal, so Satan's goal is to steal, to kill, to destroy, to seek around, you know, he scours the earth like this lion seeking whom he can devour. And sometimes he uses our own thoughts and shame to devour us. And that's a place of defeat. And mm -hmm. we'll never get to where God wants us to be, that fruitful life that Wendy was talking about earlier. 
if we listen to that. So instead, you know, God wants us to have that, that conviction from the Holy Spirit. Like, okay, I know I just did and said the wrong thing, but I'm not going to allow that to beat me up because Jesus is my friend. He comes to me lovingly and says, that wasn't the right thing to say, Amber. And I died for that. Like I really have taken care of. Amber and I have had these conversations before on podcasts, but we've never done one where someone shared as authentically as you, Jennifer, where while your listeners can't see us, they can just hear us, but we can actually see one another. And so we both saw you make this confession and not just the confession of the car, but then to go back and kind of relive the condemnation of the spanks that were too hard. And I think that that's probably what pricked at Amber's heart so much is mm -hmm. that that is a place that continues to live in you and other parents. So I'm sorry, go on, Amber. Well, no, thank you for that though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Satan, he, he wants to condemn you, but that conviction, let it just catapult you toward mm -hmm. growth, toward spiritual growth. You know, grace. There's yeah. so much confession. There's so much grace for us. And especially when we just go to our kids and we say, you know what? I, I was too hard on you. I'm so sorry. I hope that you'll forgive me. And then you leave it there. You know, you, you, you look toward the cross, you leave all that sin and guilt there where Jesus already paid for it. And you move forward into doing the next right thing. And you know what God says all the time, you know, all throughout Proverbs, but really throughout all of scripture, he talks about how the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. He talks about how fool gives full vent to his spirit. Um, but it's this, you know, a, a wise man quietly holds it back. God would not give us these affirmations of, of behavior if, if it wasn't possible for us to be transformed in this right. way. So I want people to have hope to know that this is not a place where you have to wallow or allow Satan to make you feel guilty, experience and acknowledge that conviction, but then move forward and believe and trust and hope that God will transform you. Wendy and I are living proof of that possibility. We're living proof of that. The thousands and thousands of families that we've ministered to over the years are, uh, that have been transformed are proof that God's word is living and active. And when you apply it to your heart and you say, Lord, you know, let your one prayer today be, Lord, I know that anger lodges in the bosom of fools, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Lord, don't let me be foolish and help me to quietly be wise. Back. Yeah. Lord, just, just do that for me. You know, if your words are often harsh and condemning, then focus on the verse that says, you know, the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And let that be your one prayer for the month. Lord, I want, the, I want my tongue to be kind. And I want to be a teacher toward my children. I don't want to be their enemy. I don't want them to have to choose to love me because I was so hard on them my whole life. I don't want them to have to come to their adult childhood and look back and say, I love my mom because of Christ in me. But it's, it, there's an emotional hurdle there that has to be overcome because all we did was berate them all the time. Mm. So again, there's no condemnation there. It's just that it's never too late to do the next mm. right thing and to say the next right thing and to live hopeful and in freedom. So that's what I want your listeners to do. Oh, so good. It's never too late, mamas, to do the next right thing. Even if you feel like you've messed up, you've been too harsh on your kids, it's okay. There is grace, and I'm learning that every single day. 
The more we can choose to do the right thing moment to moment, the better, the quicker that we'll learn to have more gentle responses. This has been part one of a two-part series, Real Moms Get Honest About Anger, and you've been listening to my interview with Amber Leah and Wendy Speak, authors of the book Triggers and Parenting Scripts. Be sure to check out our show notes and our blog post based on this podcast at practicalfamily.org, where we will have all of the links that you can use to get their books. There will also be a link to join Amber and Wendy's private Facebook group, where you can be in community with other mamas who struggle with anger. There is a support community out there, and be sure to take advantage of that. There are more resources available at practicalfamily.org, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. When you have a second, please rate us on iTunes. It helps us to get the word out and to reach more families just like yours. Thank you for listening and tune into part two of Real Moms Get Honest About Anger. This has been Jen Bryant with the Practical Family Podcast, where we are here to encourage you and families like yours to build strong foundations and healthy homes.